With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. We all take on different roles every day. One minute you're a parent, the next a chef or a driver. That's why the Volvo XC40 Recharge is designed to be as versatile as you are. It's fully electric and includes a 360-degree camera, Google built-in, and more. Contact your local retailer to learn more or visit volvocars.com US. The Volvo XC40 Recharge. For every you. Some equipment optional. Google is a trademark of Google LLC. Welcome to the Five Year Plan Podcast. Here we go. FA Cup special. FA Cup. Actually, special. 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 What's special about it? Because it happens once a season. That's why we do one FA Cup pod and then we lose. And we're out. One game a season. Dusty becomes a special. But it's still a Kevin and James. It's still an isolation podcast. Isolation. Yeah, isolation. 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 Unless you're <laughs> you know what's You know what's interesting about that track, Isolation? It's from an yeah. album called Closer. Mm. And we're not supposed to be close at all. Yeah, that's no. true. In, in the Joy Division world, the unknown pleasures, no one knows, no one still found out Whoa. what the unknown pleasures are, do they? No, no idea. Well, they certainly weren't around on Friday night, were they, Kev? There were no pleasures known or unknown during that, during that period at all. I don't have to say anything. You guys can just do this pod on your own. Well, this pod, who's this pod, what number pod is this and who's it sponsored by, I wonder, six, James? Six, well, six. It's three. It's, <laughs> it's, oh, I wish it was. It's pod 366. Oh! Oh! oh, oh the brother of the beast. You weren't far off. Um, that'd be 333. Come on. Get your maths Ooh. right. Um, and But this week is sponsored by The Athletic. So in part two, we'll be reading an article, a headline article from The Athletic. Something a bit, something a bit different. But in part one, we'll be discussing Palace's defeat to Wolves in the FA Cup <laughs> on Friday night. Before we do that, let's introduce the panel. Kevin Day. I mean, everyone knows who they are already. But anyway, Kevin Day's here. Hello. Yeah, I noticed you're not so cocky now. You're surrounded by two of the older people rather than your young <laughs> yeah. mates like you had last week <laughs> when you were Mr. Disagreement last week because you had your young, virile friends around you. What, because I disagreed with you for the second time in 366 podcasts? Yeah, yeah, it was noted. Don't you worry. Alice, <laughs> oh. Alice saw how furious I looked when I went back in. <laughs> 
And now um, you've got you know you've got two you've got you've got the two Maccas with you now. You've got none of your really? flair none of the flair in the team. You've got, got two the Mac lads. Hard tackle veterans, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Very right. Veteran. I feel like I'm at a dinner party with my parents' friends. Um, and James, it's lovely <laughs> to uh, see you as well. <laughs> it's lovely to see you. How are as you? Well. I'm actually, I'm, I'm actually drinking sparkling water, so I probably am at a dinner party with your parents. Oh yeah, maybe. maybe. Well, but, yeah, we'll see if we get a dinner party vibe today. I'm fine actually. Um, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm really good. I'm really good. Co- considering we're not in the FA Cup anymore, and considering it's cold. And I'm not allowed outside. And I did just go outside oh, yeah. for a little walk just now. And I was going to sit down because my leg was hurting. But I thought I'd better not. So I no, can't sit off. down anywhere. You're not yeah. allowed to sit down anywhere. So I'm stood up right no now. No sitting down anywhere. No sitting down anywhere. <laughs> no sitting down. Don't sit down. Thanks anyway. for that. Uh, yeah, I'm oh, fine. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Lockdown update. Um, <laughs> shall we? Can I please get a drum roll for a, a random patron? Beautiful. It's Mr. This is one of my favourite names, Mr. Jay Wolf. Hey, Jay Wolf. Great name. Ooh, great name, Jay good. Wolf. Yeah. Sounds like a superhero. Jay, Jay Wolf. Jay Wolf. Um, and you can get all the patron rewards like Jay Wolf that includes post match pod, patron only merchandise, and access to the WhatsApp club at patron.com forward slash FYP podcast. Um, right, Kevin, let's talk briefly. <laughs> About Friday night, because... Um, yeah, it, it will have to be brief. It will have to be brief, because <laughs> not much happened. Not no. much happened. Uh, and it felt like, um, much like this pod at times, there hadn't been much prep going into the game from Palace. Um, I'm interested, though, in your thoughts on some of the players <coughs> that were given a chance to impress. So, uh, Batshuayi came back in. PVA came back in. Gyro got a chance. It felt Roy made eight changes in total. It felt mm. like he was maybe giving those fringe players a chance to impress, but I don't think they particularly did, did they? What was your thought? Well, first of all, I'd like to say welcome home to Adam Sells, by the way, who's uh, mm. recovering uh, very nicely from his recent bout, so that's good news for all. I thought I thought PVA looked all right in the, la- in the second half when he sort of went, played ahead of Mitchell for a little bit. In the kind of half-hearted wing-back winger-type role, it's it, it was just such a drearily predictable result. Really, you just got the feeling that nobody at the club particularly wanted to go out there and play the fixture, and weren't fussed about losing. My one consolation was that our game finished slightly before Villa's youth team lost to Liverpool, so we were the first team knocked out of the third round of the <laughs> FA Cup because you, you grasp at small straws like that as a Palace fan. <laughs> it, it was it was. Terrible defending. We have to. No one's mentioned the fact that the, sh- the defending from Eze was terrible. Uh, I mean, he just basically waved waved him in to have his shot. Um, it was poor. So, I mean, again, that's something that I'm sure Hodgson will will have looked at and want to address later on, and plays into the hands of those few Palace fans who says he's got to be more responsible. And maybe you play Schlupp ahead of him when he's fit. But otherwise, it was just, and it was a strange, like you said, I'm, I'm not entirely sure he was giving fringe players time. They're not. These are players that have been in, in the squad, in the first team recently. And in the case of Batshuayi, he should have been in the first team recently more often than he has been, I think. I just think it was a strange halfway to. I think I, I expected to see fewer first team players play. I, I thought it'd be one of those rare occasions when he might give academy players a run out rather than. Yeah, you, it's 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 frustrating if you if you're going to reduce Mitchy Batshuayi, a Belgium international, a proven international goal scorer, if he's if he's reduced to runouts in the FA Cup, 
And also, you know, if he played a few more academy players, I would have been less bothered. I couldn't give a flying monkeys about getting knocked out of the FA Cup as he was. I'd have been even less bothered if he played a couple or more of the kids rather than, you know, they're not, they're not fringe players. These are players that have been on the bench or in the first team recently. It's just, a, again, it's, it was an old-style Roy Hodgson performance. It was like, let's not try to win the game from the start. Let's see what happens. And when we eventually go 1-0 down, we'll do some sort of response. And it was nowhere near good enough at Kev. first Shameful, basically. Kev, my, my, my whole issue is it all. It's just, we're just, I mean, we, we're always up and down every season. Most clubs are up and down. But our our down seems to be really down this season. And, and yeah, our, that's a good you know, point. And, it, yeah. and I'm just, and I know it was just the FA Cup and it wasn't maybe the, the the first team that you would expect to have out. But, you know, as you rightly say, they're all team players that have played in the first team, but it was a good team. There just seems to be a lack of that. We've, we spoke about this on the pod before after certain games. Just a lack of energy and a lack of spark, yeah. a lack of yeah. just a lack, just yeah. really damp, and it shouldn't have been like that. I know it was just the FA Cup, and no, and it was you know blah blah blah. But let's let's be brutally honest. It was a shocking performance, and it shouldn't have been. And I just it want was, to know what, what what I'm really concerned about is why we are so up and down, and what is the reason we are so up and down, and why does such a damp game happen like that when you, when it's a Friday night, you're on the telly, I mean, I know all games are on telly, but it's one of the first FA Cup games, it's a chance to do something, you know, the magic of the FA Cup and all that, and it's just it just didn't happen. It didn't happen from the tactics to the players' performances to everything. And it's just... I, I, I think... It, I'm finding the really frustrating, I, I think, personally. I think that's a really valid question as to why that's the case is that why when we're it, it's not like we've had some really good results and then we've lost some games in close fought hard battles it's like we've had some really good results and we've been outplayed and, yeah. and the fact is watching the highlights of the Villa game and that was their youth team I mean seven of the eight names of the 11 names on the on the score were unknown that just they didn't even know the names of the, the kids that were playing they put in a better performance against Liverpool than our, than our players did against Villa and you have to ask yourselves that and, and of course this year more than any other year the FA Cup is a nuisance but Roy Hodgson's one of those old school managers who is always talking about you know respecting the integrity of the of the FA Cup and I think he would have respected it more by sending out a youth team that played at 100% yeah. than by sending out that team that literally didn't look like they wanted to be there and that's another question to ask if you're looking at players that you call fringe players and they don't take the opportunity you have to wonder why they're not motivated enough to do it and then also you have to think why why take Eze in the first place if you're not going to yeah. take the game seriously why risk Eze why risk Zahara at all why even let them let them travel it, it just didn't make any sense it just fell between two stalls for me it's just like either you pick your first team and you try to win a game against a wall side that are not firing on all cylinders or you say to the you say to the fans look this is not our priority this season we've got other issues we're going to pick some of the kids and see what they can do and if the kids have lost 4-0 you wouldn't you wouldn't yeah. mind at all, you no, think they, at all. they've got they've got some experience and it's like you know Jack Butland got a bit of first team experience he's he's, he's played for England yeah, <laughs> you know, these are not these are not players that should be travelling just to get a bit of first team experience. You know, Reader World's played in, in Champions League semi finals. You shouldn't be travelling just for experience. That's that's a, not a good enough argument from the from the club as far as I'm concerned. And it's the 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 fact is that some people do still do take the FA Cup seriously, less so this year, of course. But you still need a bit of pride when you pull in on the shirt because we're still watching the bloody thing. Exactly. Yeah. Well, some of our some of our listeners agree with you. Um, before I get to the the questions, though. The Villa game was just was just lovely. You knew they were going to lose, but it was so yeah. great seeing a, a a bunch of other kids that had to be dropped off by their mums yeah, turn up at the game and you know really go for it in the way that we would have done if we were sixteen, seventeen playing for Palace. It was 
really refreshing. Well, but also, you look at what Mourinho did yesterday, uh, who respected the tournament far more than anybody else. He left Harry Kane at home, fine, because he knew he, he wouldn't have to rely on him. He got four or five nil ahead, then he brought a couple of kids on. The 16-year-old scored his first goal for Tottenham. I mean, see how happy he was. Mm-hmm. And that's why isn't that something we can do? Why is not he say, OK, we won't bring Wilf and, and Eze, but we'll bring a first-team squad and we'll see what happens, and then we'll put some of the kids in. I'll put all the kids in. It's just that, that in-between thing just didn't make any sense to me. I will say that I, I personally was quite surprised by the Wolves lineup. I thought Wolves would do more of a rotation and they basically yeah. played a first team. And you could see at times during the game the way they pressed Palace's backline really hard at the pitch, the yeah. way they, they broke at speed, um, the way they used the ball well. That looked like a team that plays each week together. Whereas ours looked like a team that was didn't play each week together and looked more like misfits. Which but, which they don't though, JD. They don't well, play. this is my point. And this is my yeah, point. Exactly, they make yeah. eight changes. But also yeah. my, the, the other point is that that's how Wolves play every week. No matter what players Wolves had in, that's how they play throughout the squad. Wolves play that high-energy press. They get the wing-backs forward. And it looked to us as though that was a complete and utter surprise. <laughs> that's exactly what they did to us the last time. Uh, we've lost the last two league games here in exactly the same way. Went early, down by early goals against a team whose energy we couldn't match. So why does that come as a surprise to us three games running? That's you know, why are we setting up in exactly the same way and making exactly the same mistakes. The, the, the first goal came in exactly the same way as other goals against Wolves had done. We just sat back and watched while a, a strong wide player had come forward and cut inside and, and scored. That makes that makes no sense. There's a lack of professionalism there that really frustrated me. Especially with Troyore, you know he'll, he'll cut inside and, and try and shoot. And as you say, the defending was, as they should have done better, PVA and Gyro it's like all three of them thought, oh, he'll get he'll get to it and, and let the other two and, and no one did. And in the end and I don't think Butland was at fault there. I think it was a good strike no, from distance. No and... At fault. and Ed, Eze's not a defender, so you can forgive him a little a little bit. But our defending for that goal was and it's it was as bad as Sheffield United's defending for Eze's goal, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. In that in that it was yeah. non existence. There, there was no attempt to close him down or make a tackle. And he travelled a good 20, 25 yards before he hit the shot. So there's yeah. no, there's literally no excuse for that. Yeah, so, no, yes, it's cold. Yes, it's cold. Yes, it's Friday night. We never win on a Friday night. Yeah, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. It was cold in my house until I turned the central heating up a bit. You, yes. know. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't dangle a finger out. You, you smashed that central heating. I mean, there's a wider discussion on whether the FA Cup should be played on Friday night anyway. I think I don't think it should at all. In the same way, the Cup final shouldn't be quarter past five. It should be 3 p.m. Right, on a Saturday. Right. I agree. Um, but anyway, let me read out some of the comments from our from our listeners that agree with you guys in terms of sort of the FA Cup in general. Quentin Solden um, Hi, says, "Will our club have any interest in a cup competition until we happen to sneak into a quarter final stage?" Um, RMMBS seems, says there seems to be no intention to progress in the cup, so why not play some of the kids? Similar to what, you, yeah, what yeah. you were saying earlier, yeah, yeah. Kevin. Mark Williams says, with another cup game and no goals, and that was our fourth cup game in a row under Roy with no goals at all. Um, What part of knockout competition doesn't Roy understand? You throw the kitchen sink at the other team, and if you're losing with 20 minutes to go, it's a one-off, loser goes home game, not a league system, um, which I think is similar to what you were saying earlier again, Kevin, with sort of Palace's sort of lackluster approach. And then Ben Agabaymoni says... Uh, well, we asked for questions and he's put uh, no. But seriously, have we turned to that corner or was that typical Palace performance when will we stop being consistently inconsistent and become consistently consistent disgust? So he's pretty much sort of ticked all the boxes there uh, from Ben. It was it was just, it, Kevin, it, it, it was flat. It was sort of predictably flat from Palace and disappointing, but in many ways, not what we're not used to. 
Oh, no, it, it, like I said, it's probably the most drearily predictable result of the round. I, I think we could easily have phoned them up on Thursday and said, look, you're going to win by one one goal. Is it worth it? We'll, you can, we'll just let the FA know. It, it's, but the, the frustrating thing is that we've we've actually had quite a decent cup record in recent years, in up until 2016. We, we've done all right in, in, you know, it's only in the last couple of years that we've been knocked out really off the top of my head. Don't look, Google that because I could be entirely wrong. <laughs> you can see what I'm doing. But, but, it's, but, it, but it just strikes me that it's only in the last couple of years that... Uh, I mean, the Derby game last season was just as bad yeah. when we were outplayed by a, a, a team of Derby reserves, essentially, where, remember Rooney, it was almost his first or second game for them, and yeah. we had no idea how to beat a, a second-team Derby. And it's like, I just don't think we went up there with the intention of winning that game, to be perfectly honest. And I, I think there's been an argument from some people in football that the FA Cup could easily have gone by the board this year. Uh, I'd have said League Cup. League Cup for me would have been the league, one, so. yeah, yeah. League, yeah, but the League Cup was already fairly advanced. That's that's yeah, that's the problem. And and the FA Cup, of course, that that's the other problem. Is that the people arguing that we should cancel the FA Cup? The third round isn't the first round of the FA Cup. It's the eighth yeah. round of the FA Cup. Yeah. We're already two thirds of the way through the competition, so it's it would be very harsh on the likes of Crawley, yeah, and, and <coughs> Chorley, who are both further ahead in the FA Cup than we are. Yeah, yeah. But see, I have to again. <laughs> And I said this yesterday, talking about the fact that the FA Cup means nothing to me. I, I, that last five minutes of the Crawley game, I thought, yeah, this is what the FA Cup's about. And when that kid was crying afterwards, oh. the one who was released by Tottenham and Brentford, then was out for a year after a car game, you think, oh, actually, this tournament has got some magic to it. And then you think, well, I'm even more annoyed now by the fact that we just gave our place up in it so so easily. Yeah, that lad's story was was really heart wrenching, yeah. and seeing him get emotional, I was getting emotional watching him. Yeah, was, yeah. You're right; that is the magic of the FA Cup. Those moments are, yeah. and and we haven't had any. And just to go over those cup last four cup games: uh, Wolves one nil, see Bournemouth nil nil, but at least we got to see Wayne Hennessy blast over the bar in the shootout. Um, Derby <laughs> one nil defeat, Colchester nil nil, lost in oh, penalties. No, there we go. Yeah, um, and there's just final part then on yeah. on this uh, because obviously. There was a lack of, of intensity from our players and mm. you'd probably be divided if you asked Palace fans whose fault that is. Some would say maybe it's the manager's fault for not, I don't know, maybe not geeing them up or whatever. Some would say, well, the manager can only do so much and sends him out and then the players don't perform. Where do you sort of stand on this weird lack of intensity that, that again, this isn't the first time we've seen it. It happens quite often with Palace. Well, this is what I was talking about earlier on. It's just, you know, I don't really know why these performances are so different. You know, you've got a squad that is run by the same manager. There's some, you know, we we, we do this pod week in, week out, and it's we're, we're either buzzing with um, optimism because we've gone out, mm-hmm. we've gone out from the start, mm-hmm. and we've pressed a team, and we've gone forward, been exciting. You've got Eze and Will for running rings. We've got solid defence. We've got that great spine down the team, and then other ones like today, it's just like well, they didn't see nobody really, uh, um, and uh, 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 we're all a bit like this, and it's just mm-hmm. I. I don't know what the answer is, JD. I, I don't know. Now, whether it, we, we need a change at the top, whether we need to change somewhere. I was, I was saying to you before we came on, I was saying, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a weird season. It's a weird season for everybody. And, you know, it's a weird yeah. season for fans because we, we are buzz off our team. It must be weird for the players. But, and all right, everybody's in the same position. I appreciate that, you know. I mean, but it, it is still a weird season. That's no excuse oh. for some of the performances. And I'm just getting frustrated yeah. by this it just seems to happen a lot, and it's very, very frustrating. I, I really don't know what the answer is. If I did, I'd be applying for the job when the eventually goes. <laughs> I just want to preemptively say, "Enders out," because I'm sure that would come up. Cheers, JD. Thanks <laughs> for your support. Point. 
Right, let's end part one there. Uh, in part two, we've got an article from The Athletic. So join us in a bit. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Uh, welcome back to the Five Year Plan podcast. Wow, that's a lot of energy. Uh, pod <laughs> three sixty six. Uh, yeah. Part two, where we're sponsored by the Athletic, a world class team of writers covering every club, including the best coverage of the first team knocked out of the FA Cup this season. They're a subscription based <laughs> website and app, completely ad free, no ads, no pop ups, just brilliant articles. Welcome to the new home of football writing. And if you visit theathletic.co.uk forward slash FYP, you can start a subscription for just one pound a month, um, which is a very good deal indeed. Now, Kevin, we already mentioned Eze in part one. Uh, there was more Eze news over the weekend as he was spotted at uh, QPR Fulham, I believe, mm-hmm. was the game, um, at the Kian Prince Foundation Stadium. Now, what the Athletic have, I know we normally read out features from them, from Matt and Dom. They also have this bit on the website with sort of breaking headline news. And what they do is they take news articles and they sort of break it down and let you know what's happening. So this one here says, what happened on Saturday? And it's it says situation as they paid a, a visit to QPR. Uh, they get, he was in the director's box, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Says who he was he was sitting with, sitting with um, Bobby Decordiva Reed from Fulham. Then he says, what's the situation? Uh, suggestions that uh, Eze's trip had been sanctioned by the FA. The Athletic understand that the, they did not provide approval for him. And I think this has become one of the sort of... Uh, one of the talking points around it. Uh, and then the, F- the article says, what could the punishment be? And the article says it could be unclear. It's very early in the process. And obviously there probably needs to be an investigation from the FA and Palace and QPR. So it's an interesting sort of the way that the Athletic approach this and sort of spell it all out for us. Um, what are your thoughts on this? Because obviously we had the Luca situation only a few weeks ago and now it's, an, it's another player doing similar. It's a different situation. Um, but what he was outdoors not an indoors at a party, but what was it's, your initial uh, reaction? It, it, it's a different situation to the extent that it's a non-story as far as I'm concerned. No, it's not a non-story. It shouldn't be dismissed, but it's a very difficult, uh, very different situation to the Lucas situation. For a start off, Alan Pardew was there on Saturday and every time BT Sport cut to a match update, they sh- showed Alan Pardew very visibly there, which if I was a QPR fan, I'd be worried. <laughs> <laughs> he was, he was, Alan Pardew was there, and Alan Pardew would have been there for the same reasons as Eberichi Eze was there either that he'd been invited by Queen's Park Rangers Football Club or he'd been approved by Queen's Park Rangers Football Club. It's as simple as that. Eberichi Eze would not have gate crashed and been allowed into that, into that ground. Um, it's a bit of a misnomer that these games are played in front of nobody because. Probably at a Premier League match, you've probably got 350, 400 people in there. At a, a championship game, you've probably got 200 to 300 people in the ground. Most most people doing their jobs, but also directors can have up to 10 invited guests each if they want. Um, it's, it's not a good look. We don't know whether Palace sanctioned 
the trip. That's an internal matter for the club to tell us about. Uh, the FA, as far as I can understand, in some research that we've done through our other pods, don't need to approve. There's no there's no need for the clubs to ask the FA for approval. They've, they're given a certain amount of leeway within the, the rules, the COVID regulations. Um, my understanding also is that the FA would have no sanction against him other than dropping him from FA competitions, which would be the FA Cup. The reason it's different to the Luca situation is because he would have had a negative test within two or three days of going to that, before that game, because otherwise he wouldn't have played against Wolves. Uh, he's going from one environment, Crystal Palace Football Club, which has been under strict COVID regulations for six months, to another environment, Queen's Park Rangers Football Club, which has been under strict COVID regulations for six months. He would have had to show proof of his negative test before he got in there. He'd have had his temperature taken twice before he went in there. He'd have been told to keep his mask on all the time he was in there. He'd have had to social distance all the time he was in there. And he'd have been advised to disinfect his hands at every opportunity when moving between the stadium. There's a world of difference between that and going to Mitrovic's New Year's Eve party, where none of those things would have taken place. And it's simple as that. Was it a good idea for him to go? No, it wasn't. Was it a good look for him to go? No, it wasn't. Should somebody's common sense have said, why are we putting Palace players and QPR players at risk by him being there? But he was with people that would have been tested negative themselves within the, the, the two days before the game. So it's it's nowhere near the same story as as Luca's. The, the Luca, Luca was thoughtless and irresponsible to go to a party with people from all over London attending. Yeah, well, at least we have the consolation of knowing that he's gone from one bubble to another. Why he went, I don't know. But he would have been in there with the approval of Queens Park Rangers Football Club, even if he wasn't invited there. So no, it's it was it was a it was, a, it was an idiotic thing to do. But he wasn't breaking any regulations. To be perfectly honest, I'll be I'll be intrigued to see whether the FA say anything other than it's not really any of our business. To be perfectly honest, but as far as I'm concerned, it's a a completely different story to the Luke Millivoy one. Kev, I, what I want to say is that on one hand, you get Crystal Palace Football Club doing something fantastic by letting their ground be used yeah, somewhere where yeah, people can get their vaccines. And yeah. that is a great, it's great That's PR. Pretty, absolutely. It's great PR for the club. It's a good thing to do. They've got the yeah. ground, the space. And then on the other hand, the, the other PR arm is doing something yeah. stupid like this. And that to me, well, is, but, to me, is, so it is a PR issue. I'm not talking about the, the, the health issues aside. The health issues, I agree with you. Yeah. I think I don't think he would have put anybody at risk or himself at risk by going from one safe environment to another one. But as a PR exercise, and football is about PR these days, unfortunately, it's played yeah. a much off the ground than it is on the ground. And yeah. it's just not a good look. And it just it gets people's backs up, yeah. not just opposing sports. It gets our own sports backs up. Yeah, and it's yeah. just a really, really bad PR. And when you've got... We, we get we, we love our club because they're great for the community. They do this and that. Then you go do something stupid like that. It's just you know, it's just it's ridiculous. I, I absolutely agree with you, which is why I can only assume, in the absence of a statement from the club, that the club yeah. didn't know he was there. Because Fair if enough. anybody in the club said said, "Yeah, f- fine, feel free, off you go, see your old mates," but yeah, you have to remember it's his old. It is his old club. Oh yeah, I appreciate he, that. Know, yeah. I mean, there are, and it, it was it was a, it was a silly thing to do. But he's he, it was sanctioned by QPR. It can only have been sanctioned by QPR. Mm. And I know they say we didn't we we know of no invite to him. But he would have his name would have been on a list somewhere. He'd have had of to go through would, all yeah. the protocols. And I, I'd be I'd be surprised. I'm surprised that we haven't heard from from Palace yet. To be perfectly honest, but 
I think they'll probably be waiting to hear what the FA. But I think most people at the Palace would simply say to him, "Don't be an idiot." It was a stupid mm. thing to do. Yeah, of course, yeah. But it was. It wasn't. It wasn't malicious. But it wasn't. It, and of course, it wasn't a good look. And of course, thoughtless. he shouldn't. It, it was thoughtless, and he shouldn't be travelling. Full stop. We know that. And we, you know, at a time when we're all being encouraged not to travel. The, the, the thing is, of course, you have to bear in mind that he will have seen well, a second. I was allowed to go to Wolves last night to play football. Why am I not allowed to go to London today to see my mates play football? And we know it's different. Of course we yeah, do. Yeah, of course we do, yeah. But, but, if he, but if he doesn't know it's different, then that's a, as much a fault of the club as it is yeah, exactly. of the young player. But I, I couldn't agree with you more, uh, Enders. And it's it's not just from PR, because you know, Steve Parrish and the club won't have volunteered Sellers Park as a... As a, and this this volunteering of Sellers Park as a vaccination centre took place some months ago, when when these things were possible before the vaccination was even even approved. That Sellers Park was made available as a vaccination centre, and that wasn't done as a PR move. That was done as a no. as a responsible community move because there aren't that many places yeah. in our in our area, and it's the right thing to do. But again, in of terms of PR, good. it's the na- it, but in terms of PR, it's the nature of modern media. To ignore a decent story and chase after a much smaller story, which, as, yes. as, the, as the editor of the Daily Telegraph said recently, defending some very downbeat reporting, if it bleeds, it leads. That's, that's the nature of journalism. Oh, you know, but there's yeah. not, there's no, no, but it's, there's not a headline in young young Crystal Palace player goes back to support mates in time of crisis. That's not a headline. No. It's like irresponsible <laughs> young idiot <laughs> not, goes yeah. back to watch. Of really it's play football is is the story, and of course he shouldn't have done it. And I'm not for a second saying he should escape censure for doing it. I'm sure he's been made aware. But the people saying that he should be, you know, I argued that Lucas shouldn't have played against Sheffield United, and I still stand by that because I think it's an entirely different set of circumstances. I don't think there should be any censure against Eze. There should be no call for him not not to play games. He'll have been made aware of it. QPR will have been made aware of the the necessity to comply with things. And also, let's be fair. That last week the Premier League had to remind every single club in that division what the protocols were, and remind every single yeah. club. You saw Roy Hodgson shaking hands with Chris Wilder after the end of the Palace Sheffield United game. You every single FA Cup game this week, you saw managers shaking hands with each other and hugging each other. Mm. They've had to be reminded of, of the protocols, and that, and that's why he shouldn't be there. A, I, I understand from a journalist um, who's also at the Athletic that, that two clubs in the Championship were reminded very strongly by the EFL of their responsibilities last week because they were letting players train together that shouldn't be training together because it, it's easy when you're in a bubble when you think these are young fit men who are being tested every day to let things slide but you, you can't let things slide and it's wrong to let things slide and we're, we're being told daily that we can't travel and he shouldn't he shouldn't he shouldn't have done it of course he shouldn't have done it but mm. it's not the same story as the Lucas story and it's not anywhere near as no, big as no. unfortunately I think some people are trying to make it out to be, you know, the same the same criteria as I say for coming back to Alan Pardew. Alan Pardew was there, possibly because he's going to be their next manager, but he would have been invited by the club, and he would have had to go through the same procedures that, that Eze went through. But Alan Pardew probably hasn't had a negative test within the last two or three days, which we know for a fact Eze has. So, mm. uh, you know, leave the boy alone in this circumstances. Yeah. Is what, what I say. I mean, Pardew's probably had a lot of tests throughout his life, but um, <laughs> let's, um, it didn't. It didn't help that Eze wasn't wearing a mask, and I think that adds to the sort of the bad look. As you say, Kevin, it, it, it's a particularly sort of bad look. The fact it comes so soon after it's Luca won, and Roy had said there will be consequences for someone else doing this. It doesn't look do, particularly do you know, good. Do you know what I'm going to say about the mask? There was a photograph on the front of one newspaper this morning of people outside a supermarket, right? and that photograph, I know for a fact, would have been taken at about half past ten in the morning 
while the doors of the supermarket were shut and people were queuing to get in. And yeah. one or two people in that queue weren't wearing masks. And the photographer would have waited until those people in that queue weren't wearing masks. And, and he would have found a gap in the queue with people. There's, for, for, for all we know, Eze had his mask on for 94 minutes out of the 95 he was there. But you have to take your mask off to sneeze occasionally. You have to take your mask off to drink a cup of coffee. If there's a photographer who's clocked him in there, the photographer will wait. Because where's, where's, the, where's the front page value of a, of a footballer wearing a mask in the football ground next to other people wearing masks? As soon as you take that mask off, they take the photograph, and there's the story. It's as, it's as simple as that, you know. And, I mean, and, you uh, don't put yourself in the situation to get caught out, do you? That's the thing no, you don't. Saying. Again, that's that, just, that, that's, that's the cynical. Yeah. Yeah. That's and and there are people. There will be people listening to this who think I'm wrong, and who think that I'm taking a stronger view about Eze because I don't want to see Eze dropped, and what I wouldn't mind seeing Luca dropped. And but that's not <laughs> entirely the case. I no, simply don't think this is as, this is as big a story. As the Lucas story was, and the Lucas story was a was a terrible story. But again, that's the you know, worst things are going on. And as you say, how about concentrating on the fact that we are one of the many football clubs that are doing the right thing by people? How yeah, about, exactly. Yeah, how many how many newspapers carried the story of Benteke donating all that money and all that PPE equipment? Barely any, barely anyone yeah, outside exactly. the world of Crystal Palace Football Club knew knew that Benteke yeah. had done that, because there are footballers at every club doing that, and it's not a story. Marcus Rashford became a story because he took on the government. But every, you know, if you're going to make this a story, then make Benteke a story. Yeah, I think yeah, as well we do need I to recognise that we are we, we are living in anxious times, and there will be people who have been affected by COVID or course, their families have, who will course, see this and will be feel really let down by Eze. Yeah, um, and you know we have to recognise that, and you know we're living in weird times, and um, it's no one's enjoying it at the moment. So this oh. certainly wouldn't have helped. And as you say wasn't a great look. Um, and just to confirm, in this Athletics piece, there was a quote from Mark Warburton, who's QPR manager, who says that a request was made, presumably by Eze or someone representing him, and on this occasion we should have declined the request. So it sounds almost like QPR are sort of taking uh, taking fault or shared fault for it as well. So no one particularly really sort of comes out of it looking looking particularly, particularly good. Um, and I think there are probably wider questions as to how many guests should people be allowed to take to games yeah. anyway at the yeah, moment? Yeah, really, yeah, we're in I tier five in London and one in 50 people of getting it or whatever it is. You know, it's, it's, there's probably wider decisions to be made there. But um, anyway, look, thanks, thanks for talking about that, guys. And obviously, you know, thanks to the Athletic for these headline pieces, they call them, where they sort of lay out all the facts. Uh, it is another part of the Athletic service. And of course, if you sign up via the athletic.co.uk forward slash FIP, you can currently get a subscription for just one pound a month. Um, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we've got some questions from our listeners. Toda buena fiesta comienza con un buen outfit. Y tu próxima cita es con JCPenney, en donde encuentras de todo para cualquier ocasión. Ya sea elegante o casual, tenemos puro estilo para ti. Desde vestidos, trajes, colores y estampados. De marcas como Liz Claiborne, Worthington, Stafford y J. Ferrar. Ay, no olvidemos Thereabouts para los chiquitos. Descubre lo último en la tienda o en jcp.com. Estilo de pieza a cabeza para donde sea que vayas. JCPenney. Hello and welcome back to the five-year plan podcast. Hey. <laughs> Sadly, our listeners will only hear take two of that. Welcome yeah, back, because the first take one, was... one was amazing. I don't know what, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, let's do some questions from our listeners. Uh, we answered quite a few in, in part one, and a lot were about the game. Um, it's 
January, Kevin. So I think we should have our obligatory transfer question. We've only got two more weeks left of this. But here we go. This week's is from Robin Mickelberg. Hello, Robin. Robin says, do we find the lack of transfer talk Hi, disappointing? Um, there is a lack of transfer talk. Um, given that we are all aware of the ageing squad needs replacing, I'm sure we all thought we'd have two or three... Uh, need, sorry. And I'm sure we all thought we needed another two or three windows like the summer where we brought in more talent of a younger age. I'm already looking at next season as potentially our last in the Prem. Oh, Robin. Well, if Oh, if, there's a caveat, if we don't add youth to this window. Um, yeah, what's the date today, Kevin? It's the 11th of January. It's been very yeah. quiet, hasn't it, transfer-wise? It's, it's been very quiet for every club, to be honest. And I think we've said this several times in the last few weeks. I don't expect much business to be done in this transfer window by many clubs, to be perfectly honest. I think we've got bigger issues in the, the number of players that are out of contract in the summer. I, I I would be surprised, to be perfectly honest, if we bring anyone in this transfer window. I think we're in a position, if you look at our points total rather than our position in the, in the table, I think you can say we're relatively safe compared to other uh, New Year's in past seasons. So I don't, I don't think we'll be looking to bring people in. I think Ferguson is is getting towards fitness, so that will arguably count as a new young player. The club will say we have got youth available. We're just not particularly keen on on playing it, basically. So um, I, I really don't think. And, and also, I can't, despite Sky's desperate attempts to say anything to the contrary, I can't see Wilf going anywhere. I think we're reaching a stage. Where unless we decide that as as a punishment for going to QPR, we sell Eze. I think we're reaching the stage in. <laughs> I think this time next season we'll say yeah, if Wolf goes, he goes. But we'll be saying let's keep hold of Eze. That'll be our new focus. But I, I genuinely, I really can't see us bringing people in. And I think to answer the question, I think that is a it is a shame. We have to address it eventually. You know, because uh, I, I suspect that even if Ferguson were fit. Roy's natural instinct wouldn't be to start with him and Mitchell if if possible. But again, frustratingly, Mitchell and, and James talked about this last week. Mitchell's proved that he's good enough. Yeah. So his age is is kind of immaterial. But I, you know, I, and again, we we the commitment of the Americans financially, we don't we don't know about at this volatile time. It doesn't look to me like they're particularly interested in stumping up extra cash for for players. We've still got the the AWB money floating about or a large amount of it so we, we should have money to spend but I've, I'm getting no indication when we've had guests on from the Athletic or we've spoken to people from the Athletic there's no indication from from club insiders Dom Fifield as, as normally this stage of the season would be tweeting at the very least that the rumours you've heard aren't true mm. so we're not even getting that which indicates that there's no real business going on but having said that the only consolation is that we are notoriously slow in signing players and it is normally 20 to, 20 to 11 on a whatever night it is when we, yeah. when we do it. But I, I don't know. Maybe we should ask that the lad from Sky, the Tottenham fan that we had on. Bridgie. Oh, yeah. Ask him. Um, well, it has. I, mean, Enders, I think it is, you know, we said before, we li- we're living in weird times. And obviously yeah. football and the transfer market will be affected by that, not just the pandemic, Brexit. You know, we know there's a lot of variants at play. Sure. I think it's going to be a quiet window across the board. As Kevin said, it's not just us. It feels but like it, doesn't it? if Palace were able to go for someone, if Palace were able to maybe get a right winger, you know, or another forward, that would be lovely. The problem is, I just, I don't know, A, haven't heard anything, don't know who that would be. And I think we probably will end up with no yeah. one as well. What are your thoughts? <coughs> um, 
I agree with you. I think it's it's always good to add to the squad. Youth, of course, is important. But you know, I I will rewind myself a little bit, and we just you know, we have got a good squad there at the moment. Yeah, we've got yeah. A, we've got a good squad to get through to the end of the season with a decent. You know, we have got potential to have our best finish this season without a doubt. You know, I think we but we have. To, I think what the club have got to do. I don't think it's going to happen this transfer window. It's all about next season now, isn't it? And almost even the season after. We have got to yeah. start getting these young players in. And we just haven't been doing it. And I think it's going to, soon it's going to catch up on us. I, th- I think we'll be fine for the rest of this season. Because um, just as long as we can somehow manage this squad of ageing OAPs that we've got, then we'll be fine. But it's, it's more a point of next season and also the season after that I'm starting to worry about already. I know that's very... Typical Palace. But, um, <laughs> uh, sorry to say that, but and it is. But I, I, in terms of this season, I think we'll be fine. I don't think there's going to be much transfer uh, comings and goings across all of football, really, unless it's something really mad and really big, which I can't see. But you never know. Um, but I just think I think it's, we've got to focus on this on the summer and get people in this summer. That, that that's man. I just don't know who's going to be able to do that for us. Because JD, you, you you talk about it'd be nice to get a, you talk about it'd be nice to get a striker in. I'm I'm guessing that if you said to a West Brom fan or a, a Burnley fan, or even a Southampton fan or a Leeds fan, uh, how would you fancy Zaha Eze and Bakshuayi up front? <laughs> I would say I would say that yeah. ten out of fourteen clubs would say. I mean, that's a really good front three. Yeah. But for some reason or other, that's why he's not getting in the team, which mis- baffles me completely. Completely baffles me, you know. And that's without Benteke. There are goals in that team. It's just we're not. Oh, yeah. We're still unable to unlock them with the lack of creative midfield play. We've seen as a looking like he will be the first part of that jigsaw puzzle. But there's, there's no one else for midfield who's supplying the part. It's not just, it's not, we're not short of strikers. We're not short of front players that should have goals in them. What we're short of is people to give them the ball or get crosses in. That's what we're short of, to be perfectly honest. And, yeah, and, and just in terms of wages, we, we do, I mean, I think we have to get rid of players before we bring players in, in terms of, in terms of wages. And I think, as, as Ender said, we need to adjust our, our expectations of the players that we'll yeah. be getting in. I think, it, I don't think we'll be spending 30, 40 million on a player. In the, again, in the near future, I, know, I think we'll be looking at players like Ferguson, players from the Championship. Who I, I, that doesn't bother me to be perfectly honest. Yeah. It, it shouldn't be more difficult to get players in from <coughs> from Europe. It certainly won't be for the for the bigger clubs. It's just that those players from Europe will have to give the same proof that South American players and African players now have to do. They'll have to prove that they are either internationals or they're regular first-team players. So I actually think, you know, Kev, I'm actually th- sorry to interrupt you. I'm thinking, um, I think the, the way to look these days is we've got to start looking at reality TV. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think it's... Um, <laughs> but, um, well, the next all, part, um, right. We can, we can all be scouts. We can all sit in front of the TV all yeah, day long. We can watch idea. all those shows, Houses for Homes and Homes in the yeah. Country, all these things. They've all, got, they've all got celebrities on there. They've all got good presenters on there who look fit to me. They look fit. They look, yeah. like, they could, they look like they could spread a ball. Do you know what I mean? So that's, that's, that's where we should be really... looking. I just, yeah. sorry yeah. to interrupt, but it's something I've been meaning to say for a while. I think that's a really good idea. We should call it James Endicott's Weird World of Football. There we go. I'm in, I'm into it. Having said that, I, I, I don't know if you saw the uh, Marine Tottenham game yesterday. I didn't know. I heard all about guy, it. The guy Mowbray was very funny, the commentator, because Marine's ground is surrounded by houses, mm-hmm. uh, actual houses. So they have to put a note on the, 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 if the ball goes over, there's a big number 
that the, the groundsman can see so he can go around the house. But Dion Dublin was the co-commentator and Guy Mowbray just couldn't believe his luck because he just said to Dion Dublin, this is the ideal this is the ideal situation for you, football and homes. <laughs> <laughs> and Dion, exactly, Dublin, his, Dion Dublin in his usual sharp way went, I don't get it. <laughs> he went, oh yeah, of course, yeah, homes and the yeah. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. I, but, you know, <laughs> There was, I think. Well, do you know, you say that, but Mark Wright <laughs> played for Crawley yesterday, so yeah. Not, well, that's that's it's why not it's not the, it. it's not the strangest thing. So maybe that is the yeah. Well, that's kind of why I mentioned it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've just realized. Sorry, I just realized it. Enders, I'm getting Kevin, <laughs> Kevin, make some phone calls. Make some phone calls. Let's try. Yeah, let's get it commissioned. Kev. You know what it is, Enders, because I'm just drinking well, tea. I'm not. I'm not nearly as sharp. I haven't started the wine. Today's wine is untouched as yet. So well, I'm on the fizzy water. So I'm I'm yeah. bursting with excitement. Identity. <laughs> um, la- last comment. We get questions about the contracts as well each week, and we have discussed it before, but we know that's going to come into play as well. A lot of players out of contract, and we'll see over the next few weeks, hopefully, maybe some of those confirmed and wrapped up. But we know that is obviously, wages wise, going to have an impact on our transfer activity as well. One player who has come in, PC Wires, not, he's, not, he's not the player that's come in, um, but he is asking the question. He said, in spite of the result, Jack Butland seemed to have a decent game. Uh, and there was not much he could have done to prevent the goal. Is this the final nail in the Hennessy-shaped coffin? Kevin, I think it probably is, isn't it? I think so. I think uh, Butland, in, in the sort of same quiet Cahill way, was a really good bit of business that didn't get a, much publicity. It's, uh, I, I mean, he's a very good, not that long ago, England international goalkeeper, who's I think he's great in the same way that Joe Hartbeard at Tottenham was a really good bit of business. So... I, I would. I feel for Wade Hennessy because he's clearly a good goalkeeper, and I think he probably is somebody we should move on just so he can play regular first team football. I think the beauty for for Wade is I think he'll be Wales's number one goalkeeper, whoever he's playing for. So that shouldn't be an issue for him. But uh, he, he he never he was when when we got him in, uh, yeah, that was great. You see, this is a, he's a good keeper for the level we're at, and as a squad keeper, he should have been a good keeper. But he just. He always found himself in a situation where our number one keeper was so much better than he was, mm. basically, or so much more popular. Let's put it that way. It's like yeah, when, he was, yeah. when he was Julian's number two, then Gaeta's number two. It's so difficult for him to come. And what's really odd about that is I was thinking about this the other day. We, we were so patient with Benteke, so patient with Benteke, and yet Hennessy never got a chance. First mistake Hennessy makes in the game, we were all onto him. True, basically. And I know, I know, it's different for goalkeepers, but Benteke probably lost us as many games as. As Hennessy did. The, the trouble is, it's, I keep coming back to this. It's really difficult to recover from nutmegging yourself to score an own goal at Villa. I mean, you, you, there are certain True. things you can't come back from. And the fact is that Wayne is a perfectly good, competent Championship, Premier League cover keeper, but never had the opportunity to prove that for us when he got his got his chance, basically. And it's like every time he you could even you could almost hear the groan when the PA announcer said Wayne Hennessy's starting, and that. that that must that must you know communicate itself. So I oh, I would like to see him moved on just so he can get some football before he he retires. To be honest, because it must be must be so frustrating. You know, it's like Ender's not being able to listen to music. Do you know what I mean? It must be so yeah. frustrating for him not to be able to <laughs> to play football. It, yeah, but at least Ender's it, knows about nineteen thirty German music. <laughs> yeah, and, I do and, actually, and the dance moves that go with it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Does he stride model? <laughs> last, last couple of questions. Um, uh, Alex Accini says, Hi, Alex. Um, not Hi, a question, Alex. but just want to let you guys know that Jordan Much has joined Western Sydney Wanderers in the Australian A-League. I will tell you how he takes the abuse in a few weeks. <laughs> Brilliant. 
<laughs> Good, Good luck, Jordan. Jordan. <laughs> and then really quickly, Brad has said, um, is having three goals scored against us all up for goal of the month the most in capitals? Typical Palace thing of all time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I suppose you could argue that it takes a really good goal to, to beat us, but yes. if they, you know, <laughs> if you wanted to be positive about it, really. I, I like that, that positive spin. Yeah, I don't say that with any enthusiasm, but, you know, as we said before, small victories. <laughs> Indeed, we'll take the small victories. All right, lovely. Thank you for those questions. Uh, in part four, um, we're going to preview two Palace games. Ooh. Fairly straightforward, easy games, I think. Um, away at Arsenal and City. When it comes to business and meeting travel in Orlando, it's never business as usual. Sure, I could go on for days about all the incredible places to hold your meeting or the innovative industries that will make you feel right at home. But Dr. Michael Edwards of Ocean Insight said it best. Orlando is as much a business capital as an entertainment one. And when work wraps up for the day, the evening is just getting started. I'd love to tell you about all the 46 Michelin-rated restaurants, or the array of outstanding dishes that'll have you coming back again and again. But executive chef Guillaume Rabin of Lake Nona Wave Hotel can sum it up better than me. Orlando has a world of artisans, so you can try incredible cuisines from across the globe. It's so true, and there's so much more. So dive in and see what's happening in Orlando, where the possibilities for business travel are unbelievably real. Learn more at orlandoforbusiness.com. your plan podcast uh it's part four where we preview the upcoming game this week it's games um on the traditional thursday night sunday afternoon (laughs) double up (laughs) thanks premier league um i mean it is a joke isn't it um and as we said, Sunday evening, actually. Is it, I think it's Sunday evening. Oh, is it Sunday evening? Sunday evening, it's Sunday evening, 7.30, yeah. I was even worse. That's even worse. Yeah. Away at Arsenal Crazy. and away at City. Um, Easy. Arsenal have, Arsenal, just, Arsenal have just timed their form to come back before they bless. Um, I've got a question here about lineups from Keith McNamee. Hi, Keith. Hi, Keith. He says, assuming PVA doesn't play against Arsenal, who will we blame when Eze doesn't mark his man? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the person who kicked Jeffrey Schluck, that's who we'll blame. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, what are you expecting, Kevin, from these games? Yeah, I don't know. And well, uh, who knows? I mean, just I mean, literally, no, but Kev, who knows? We really don't know, do we? No, well, that's the beauty of being a Palace fan, I suppose. We, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Arsenal game, they look pretty flat against Newcastle. I know they had three good games in a row, but one of them was against a terrible, terrible West Brom side. I think they'll find it harder to do that against us. The Man City game, I mean, Man, Man City, the, the one consolation is that Man City haven't been scoring loads of goals. But there again, Liverpool hadn't won away from home until they beat us 7-0 either, to be perfect. So you, you you just don't know. I mean, I know how we'll set up. We'll set up how we normally set up away against good teams, but that sometimes works, yeah. to be perfectly honest. Uh, I, I I just hope that he has the courage to keep playing Mitchell at left-back in these two games, that he doesn't say, OK, I'm not sure that you know, a potential hammering will do his confidence any good. Whoever we play at centre back and midfield, there's a lack of pace in the middle of both of those, which is a worry, especially against Man City. And I, 
I think we can get a point at Arsenal, but I mean, again, I'm, unfortunately, it's one of those situations where you want to come out of the the Man City game relatively unscathed, mm. to be perfect. I, and I think, I don't, I think we were any other season, and that seven 0 defeat against Liverpool would have been, I mean, the outcry would have been astonishing. I mean, it kind of went under the radar because it was an early kickoff and because it's this strange season and because Liverpool virtually scored for every chance they had. But that there would have been an outcry. In any other season, about if, if Palace fans had been in that game and we'd lost that seven 0 there would have been demonstrations at the end. I think that would have been end of tether time. But we go away to Man City, and you kind of, you, but you kind of go, who would be surprised if we nicked a point up there, or nicked, or did something stupid? And who would be surprised at the next pod we're doing? We go, my God, we got four points out of those two games. Yeah. Let's book the European holiday again, and then two weeks later, Enders is saying, I don't understand it. A, How can we exactly, be Man City no, but, and lose to West Brom? Yeah, I just, I just think the, the the only thing we can do both games is just use the speed that we've got as quickly yeah. as we can. And I say it every week, and I sound like a stuck record, but it's the truth. Use that speed. Use use Townsend, and use Wilf, and just get Eze to spray the ball to him in the first fifteen twenty minutes, both games, and just go for it. Just go for it. Because you know, just come on, just get it. Just because I think we need to get going, get going, and then it, it, it'll all fall it, to it, does, it, it almost the way it's not rocket science. Home advantage has almost been erased this season, so I don't yeah, think there's anything yeah. to fear about being away to these teams. But I'm with you, Enders. Just get the first goal. We can't mm. possibly if we don't get the first goal in either of those games, we won't win. It's and we and we goal. can score and we and can, we can score, score this season. Doubt. We can yeah. score. We've got the we've got the talent up there to yeah, score. Yeah, yeah. We've got the talent. You know, and I would, in, in a way, that dreadful game against Wolves could almost play into our hands because <laughs> this is me dreaming now. Maybe the Arsenal squad are thinking, well, they were, yeah. they're not very good. We're on the up, they're on the down. Yeah. They're, we've got them. Yeah, and we can get them. We've got them. we yeah. we can actually beat Arsenal, and it, and, it, and it won't be a massive surprise if we beat Arsenal. Yeah, we've got the talent to score. I don't think we've got the talent to frustrate these teams for ninety minutes. Well, no, we I don't think we, we, can, I don't think we can do that. That's why I think getting that first goal is a real option yeah, for us. Force these teams to come on to us it's, it, yeah. and give us more space to break into. And I know Man City won't panic if if we get the first goal against them, but Arsenal will. Well, they won't panic, but Arsenal won't. It, you know, Arsenal will struggle to get two goals if we score the first goal. And if we score the first goal, we can get more. And that's that's the thing. I'm just so fed up with this. Just don't do what we did against Wolves on Friday night. Just turn up there and half-heartedly, mm-hmm. you know, are we pressing? Are we not pressing? Is it a low press, a high press? Was it was it five at the back four? It was just just go out there with a proper plan, but make that part of that plan. Scoring the first goal, get on, just try and get on the front foot from the from the start. Put some doubt into these into these players' heads. You know, Arsenal, I think have, have improved because they're playing youngsters. Well, get in, get in and around the youngsters. Get in, you know, yeah. get physical with them the way they get physical with with Mitchell and people like that. Let's you know, let's let's, let's not be too too nice. Let's go out there and try because we have got exactly, Kev. Yeah. Exactly, Kev. Let's not be too nice. Let's not show too much respect to these teams. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Just because it's Arsenal and Man City, and we, you know, we are one of these teams that does show too much respect sometimes. Yeah. Let's just go in there. It's a weird season. It's as weird yeah. for them as it is for us. Let's yeah. get in there. Let's have it. And, yeah, you know, I mean, agreed. I, that's that's what I think. Um, I think I think one of you said it earlier. I think we'll miss Jeffrey Schlupp. I think he these are sort of games where said he it. Um, yeah. he really does uh, work well for us, but. As you said, Kevin, it's a weird season and strange results have happened. So, um, And if we go with a little bit of impetus, like we did at Arsenal a couple of seasons ago, yeah. then who knows? Mm. Um, but anyway, speaking of impetus, 
Oh, did that work? Oh, it doesn't. Anyway, time to end the podcast. Um, <laughs> so, didn't work, did it? I think um, you meant to start with impetus, aren't you? Shouldn't you yeah, start with impetus rather than finish with impetus? Rather than ending it. Yeah. No, well, impetus any time of the day, surely, is, is good. Yeah, yeah, good. Well, end yeah. with impetus. No, not really. Mind you, we're, we're a lot brighter now than we were at the beginning. That's true, it's because we're near the end. And it's, <laughs> yeah, we're near, it's a glass <laughs> of wine waiting. <laughs> anyway, Kevin Day, uh, James Edicott. Always lovely to... Thank why have I said your full names? That's weird. It's like I'm not interviewing you. Anyway, it's always good to see you. Thank you very much. Uh, always, that's all right, James Daly. It's always <laughs> nice to be interviewed by you, James Daly, with your free, <laughs> your free the Pod t-shirt and your young person's baseball cap. At least you got it the right way around. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I was going to say, the, the worst thing the, is... The, the, you know, the baseball cap, not the t-shirt, you numpty. You actually checked whether you had the baseball shirt or the baseball cap on the t-shirt on the way around. Unbelievable. He's, oh, he's, he's such a child. Oh, God. isn't he just? Oh, bless him. God. <laughs> this, oh, this lockdown's getting to me. Um, I was going to say, it's, it's good, it's good that you call me James Selly because you actually know my middle names as well, Kevin, but um, you, thank, That's you for true. Not, thank you for not mentioning them. I and won't. if you do now, I will I will. Them, leave, leave cut it, it yeah. So. You've got several middle names. Anyway, thanks for listening, guys. We <laughs> will see you again soon. Now, next week's podcast. Have a great week. Goodbye. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye, everyone. Bye. Podcast Network.